Welcome back to another episode of Survival Worldwide on Reality Pop. I am here with the latest evicted castaway from Survivor South Africa, Immunity Island, Santoni. Santoni, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you, Chris? I'm doing very good. I have had your fans give me grief for mispronouncing your name the whole season. Apparently, I've been pronouncing Santoni or Santoni. I don't know what I'm doing. Apparently, both your name and Kiran's name, I keep mispronouncing. So I want to apologize to you in person for mispronouncing it. But you've got your stands out there that have been coming at me this season. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually don't have an issue with however someone pronounces my name. I, I, I kind of like the variations on my name. So don't worry. Uh, and and my mind is all messed. Uh, my, my my mind is all messed up because I'm always in between Afrikaans and English, yeah. and and I'm thinking to myself, if I was to talk to you in Afrikaans, I would say Santoni. But then for some other reason, when I switch over to English, I want to say Santoni for some other reason. I don't know why. If you watch the 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 beginning of the season, I do the same. When I speak in English, I when I introduce myself, I'm like I'm Santoni. Like, so I don't even know how to pronounce my name properly. <laughs> I, and as someone that's got a very uh, South African last name, I know what it feels like for your last name to be mispronounced. Never has bothered me in the past either. I'm, I'm kind of used to it, having traveled quite a bit uh, around the world. But I wanted to jump in and, and talk to you kind of where your journey sort of ended here in Survivor. It went down in flames with a fire-making challenge. Now, as someone that's a big Survivor fan, what was it like to actually um, be in the middle of a fire-making challenge such as is that I mean I know you guys were kind of seeing it coming with a lot of people knowing about the fire idol but did you get an opportunity to prepare or train yourself like you you spoke to chappies about potentially giving you tips was any of that so you just went into it you know and, and went for it before this challenge I ne I've never been able to make fire with with flint and I mean the big survivor fans out there will say how the hell do you go on survivor without actually knowing how to make fire with flint, but I didn't. And there wasn't really time for chapters to show me. And uh, yeah, so that night was the first time uh, ever that I've made a fire from with flint. So when I saw that little flame, I couldn't believe my eyes. It, I, I really was as shocked probably as all jury um, felt when I saw that. Because you had the technique down and everything, and it looked like you were really ahead of Tyson there. Um, how how close was it for you between you and Tyson, and how quickly did you guys get that flame going? Because it looked really quick on the on the TV show. Um, I think we were very close. Um, I obviously had a nice uh, head start, um, and then Tyson caught up, but it was it was very close. Um, obviously, uh, you can see mine um, went went higher first. But then, I mean, there was the wind. But I really believe in this whole survivor journey, every single thing happens for a reason. So uh, Mother Nature, the universe knew it was my time. But it was it was so much fun uh, to do that specific challenge. And against Tyson, because he yeah, always came to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know you're someone that mentioned in the preseason that you applied for the show quite a few times um and you didn't get onto it um which i think a lot of fans out there are now thinking to themselves how could you not have let santony onto the show a lot earlier than what they did um and and they're probably wondering who should they go at and ask them that question but um sort of wanting to know from you as someone that's a big fan someone that applied for the show quite a few times and you finally got onto the show you know how closely because i'm sure you had a game plan in mind when you went out there to finally go and play the game how closely were you able to stick to your game plan going into it 
That's a good question. So my my plan going in was I don't have a plan because that's what big fans of the the show the mistake they make is they go in with a plan and you can't really prepare because there's so many variables and you don't know what people you are going to end up on the island with and what personalities you're going to be faced with. So I decided I'm not going to go in with a plan. The only plan I had was to make sure that I make friends with everyone and just be friendly and friends with everyone uh, so that if there's tribe swaps or whatever, then I know I I didn't burn any bridges and I was just nice to everyone. And then I think my over-the-top kind of personality and the T-shirt, uh, I think sometimes was quite disarming because I don't think people realize how, how well I know the game and how strategic I actually am. They really underestimated me, and that was a good thing. But, yeah, there was no plan. You can't really go into Survivor with a plan. And just to just to elaborate quickly, um, is also I played three days at a time because three days is the episode. So I just went three days, three days, three days. So there was no plan. Please make merge, do this. It was just stick out another three days, another three days, and then it all ended up to where I eventually ended, which I think was and way further than what everyone would have thought. <laughs> oh, 100%. And, I mean, I put my hand up here. I chose you as the last pick of my team. Um, you were still a part of my team, and I was very proud to have you as a part of my team throughout the season. Um, and you completely blew both myself and Riley's expectations out of the water with how you well you played this game. And, uh, you know, I think you should be extremely proud of the game that you played. I've, I personally um, think that you're probably one of the, the standouts, if not one of the top two people that I would love to see come back and play the show again, just based on how you've performed this season. And, you know, I guess this is an appropriate time to ask you this as well, as if the question was ever out there for an all-star season to come back, would you accept the call to go out and play the game again? Yes, definitely. When we were on the island, like day one or day two, everyone was sitting there and they asked, everyone, knowing what you know now, would you play again? And everyone said no, except me. I've never changed my mind on that. I want to play again 1,000%. Yeah, well, in, in that case, it's maybe a good thing you didn't win this season because I think any winners going back and playing an all-star season will just have a gigantic target on their back. Yeah, that's the thing for me is winning is relative. What is a win really? I mm. mean, if you're a Survivor fan, is the money really a win or is playing a very good game, being memorable and um, being asked back? That for me is a win. So that's why I... Um, yeah, I mean, we know survivors. The the best players don't necessarily finish first. A hundred percent. And I mean, for me, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You played the type of game that I wish I could play if I was ever to play Survivor. As a fan, you know, you want to go out there. You want to be involved in all of the moves. You you found a lot of, you know, idols. You found a lot of clues to idols. You went to go onto the immunity island. You jumped in between alliances back and forth. What do you think made you um, someone that was capable of jumping in between alliances and then still working with people that you betrayed at certain points i mean chappies is a good example of that as well where you betrayed him with paul but you still found a way to go back and work with him in the game uh firstly the way i managed to be able to do that uh was when on day one when i was the the odd one out when i was the outcast i um quickly realized 
it's just me and myself in this whole journey. So that made it easier for me to cut people because um, I uh, that motivated me. Uh, and then also because I was friends with everyone, I chatted to everyone, I knew everyone's stories. Um, and they also do know that it's a game. I think that's how I managed to be able to um, go between because I was never really in very tightly with any specific one. So it kind of, I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly, but it it really, um, did, they knew I was the free agent. They knew I was mm. the number. So, and I think they liked me enough to, or maybe I charmed them, them enough uh, to, to still be um, willing to work with me, especially I think because I wasn't a physical threat. And mm. also, I mean, the double agent um, nurse, I, I think they all used to their advantage because because I was friends with everyone, I could go and talk to that group of people, get information, go and talk to that a group of people and get information and share the information. So it was also valuable for them in the long run. I don't know, I'm rambling. No, no, it, it actually makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it's interesting because in the early season, you know, us as fans, we love to categorize people. Ah, oh, this person's playing like that person or this person's playing like that person. And I think I made the comment that in the early season, you, your gameplay reminded me somewhat of Sandra Diaz Twine in the way that it was anybody but you. Were there specific players that you sort of, I know you said you have to go in to the game with an open mind and you've got to play to the people that are around you, but were there certain people that you were inspired by by watching their games that you thought, if I could use a little bit of this, if I can use a little bit of that, if I ever get the opportunity, I would use it in the game? Uh, yes. Uh, just on the in the South African franchise, obviously someone like, like Jacques and someone like Werner, those people's games I really enjoyed. Because at the end of the day, I just didn't want to play a boring game. From a fan's point of view, I didn't want to play a boring game and just stick with like a a big alliance and just push through right till the end because I don't want to see a survivor like that. I don't, I don't like seasons that end up that way. So your Werner and Jacques, um, your, the international ones. I love, I love Boston Rob. I'm like a, a big Boston Rob fan, but to be honest, uh, when I heard I was going to be on survive, I didn't really watch a lot of, of seasons again because it's going to also now put yourself in, in a certain little box and maybe you're going to be stuck in that box instead of just going and winging it. Mm. And then it's interesting because if you look at the players that do the best in the game, it's normally the non-super fans. The super fans are normally the ones that overthink, it's normally the ones that struggle, and they have a massive target on their back like Dino had early in your season. Um, I do want to know from you, though, with the people that you played with prior to the merge, who in your mind was the biggest threat to, in the game and the person that you were the proudest to be able to take out before they even got to the merge? That's an easy one, Carla. Carla is a super fan. She played her ass off. She is really an incredible survivor player, and that's the one person that would have been the biggest threat to come merge. Carla is charming. She's just the whole package. I've got so much respect for her. It's definitely mm. Carla. I didn't get to know Dino as well, uh, but Carla is, is my girl. And, and listen, I fully appreciate that. And I actually thought that maybe who you would say, because I think the fans also really loved Carla. And if there was a player preseason, I love Dino as well. I've spoken to him quite a few times. Really nice guy. Probably Carla and Dino would be the two people pre-merge that we'd love to see get a second chance and, and go out there and play the game again, potentially in a future season as well. Now, 
Santony, you had a lot of nemesises out there on the island. You had a lot of people you didn't get along with at certain points in the game. I always wondered why the Nicole one never played out because it was such a big um, thing made of it before the merge. But, you know, out of all the, the people out there that you had these rivalries with, who would be the person that you would want to see back to play in a rivals season if you were to go out there again? Who would be your ultimate rival to play with? Oh, a rival season would be great. Um, I think Warda, I'm going to lie if I if I say anyone else. Uh, Warda kind of, we're both Scorpios. We're similar mm. age. Um, so, yeah, I think Warda is one person that I actually enjoyed playing with because she, like, it pushed me, like, constantly, okay, I'm going to, I just need to beat, like, I want to beat Warda. And I think that pushed me a lot in the game. So, I think Warda... Another person that I think with my good TV coming back is someone like Paul. Um, I think uh, he's got a lot to, to bring to the table if he plays again. But I I, th I think it's it's probably going to be Wada or even Carla. I mean, but I would be too scared to play against Carla again. She's coming for me. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting you say Warda because I asked her the exact same question and she, she said you. So um, so I feel like the future oh, cool. is mutual. She would want to come back on a rival season with you as well. Um, now, you had a really sort of special relationship with, or it looked like a special relationship with Chappies, one that a lot of us have really enjoyed throughout the season, seeing you guys um, kind of like the Misfit Alliance almost, um, getting all the way through the game. What is it that drew you to Chappies in the game when so many other people have been gunning for him from day one um, and have been trying to take him out. And it does look like he's someone that maybe was misunderstood by a lot of people within the tribe. What what sort of drew you to working with this guy? So uh, Chappies on day one, within the first five minutes, we realized we both grew up in Whitbank. We grew up 500 meters from each other and we'd never met each other. So there was that. And then um, we shared a story, like a, a similar trauma of losing someone very close to us to suicide. So that just uh, just created this bond. And Chappies, yes, he, remi he reminded me of my dad because um, he's also fun, loving and, and crazy like that. Uh, but Chappies... Yeah, he was misunderstood, but he really, like I've said so many times this season, he, he's got such a good heart, and he never spoke down to me. And uh, like, and I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, Santini, oh, you're playing the victim," but Chappies and our relationship was equal, and there was mutual respect there. And even the days when I blindsided him with the pull vote, he kind of trusted me enough, trusted in our bond enough to to just keep at it. Uh, I just can't actually explain how much respect I have for him. And again, you must remember when it comes to being misunderstood, if your first language is Afrikaans and you have to engage in, in English, some stuff gets lost in translation and people do get misunderstood. But no, he's one amazing guy. Yeah, I, I mean... I think if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you would know I'm a massive Chappies fan. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him at some point. Hopefully not too soon, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from him this season. I've really loved the the, the dynamic between you two, seeing him help you in the challenges. Also, the big challenge, the one where you were out in the water um, and he came out to help both yourself and Anella. Um, how difficult were those water challenges? Because you had a real fear of that after that specific episode. Yo, it's weird because everyone's like, why did she enter if she can't swim? But I can swim. Um, mm. But it was so, I really, really thought I was going to drown that day because it was very cold. 
and the the current was very strong it it was really i really thought it was going to die it was nerve-wracking and that's why the second time i was in tears because i really didn't think i would be able to go into the water again uh that was really tough and i'm serious i mean yes there's lifeguards it probably wouldn't got to that point but chappies i, I really think saved um, both of our lives i'm not sure uh, if if someone went under in the murky waters, if if the lifeguards would have gotten maybe there on, in time, hopefully they yeah. would have. But it was mentioned in in previous interviews that that it was an ego thing. But um, Chappies doesn't like he, he's not going to help a drowning person just because he's going to get some some spotlight or extra airtime from it. He's he's like that. He he can't help yeah. it. He yeah. just wants to help people. And 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 I've I've not been out there, so I mean I only talk from an edited show. But from what I saw and the way that it played out, it looked like he reacted before anybody else could react, you know, and just jumped in and did what needed to be done. And um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't want to go down the the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist route when it comes to what happened on that episode. But looking at the specific, you know, challenge out there in the river, I'm someone that have done a lot of swimming in rivers and things like that i understand that if a current is strong and especially on looking at the water there because it was so murky i don't think you got a full appreciation for how strong the current was it's not like swimming in a swimming pool it's very different you get swimming in a swimming pool and then you get swimming in a river with a very strong current and then you get swimming in an ocean with a very strong current and they're all very very different things if you don't know what you're doing um so you know hats off to you for going out there and then putting yourself through that again after you've just had such a traumatic experience and you know how much did that you know you had that rivalry with warada but how much did it mean to you that episode where warada helped you when chappies was no longer in the team there um and was that sort of the thing that opened you up to working with warada chappies and karan come merge time because it looked like you weren't going to work with them in the early stages of the game like i would have never written anyone off and why don't i had an up and down um emotional roller coaster of a relationship but yes that meant a lot to me it it, it bonded us uh it really bonded us and i'm forever thankful for her for doing that and uh it did give me a lot of respect for her but i did have a lot of respect for her before then so yeah, ours were always up and down because we actually quite similar in, in some instances. Now, you know, you said that a lot of people said, you know, that you're not train swimming or when you're not good at swimming, why did you go and do this show? But, you know, you guys don't get to eat a lot there and you were also in the tribe that didn't win a lot of um, rewards in the early stages of the game. How much does it sort of play into doing these challenges when you're sort of malnourished and you don't have any energy when you're doing it? How much of a factor is that out there in the game? Just repeat the last part of the question. Uh, sorry. So how much of a factor is it for you if you don't eat properly like you would in your normal day when you're out there doing these very physical challenges? Well, I don't normally do those kinds of things on a normal day. So I don't know um, what the difference really is because I've never done any of those things before. But you can see and you feel um, it does affect you so badly, um, the, the malnutrition. But I won't blame the malnutrition. I just think I'm not, I'm just not built for those challenges. But I do think I performed uh, better than I would have expected because some of those ones were scary, man, and high and, you know, 
You also, um, you know, when you were out on the island, you managed to find the clues to the idol, and you also had the, you know, you you gave a clue away to to Tyson. What is it that made you decide in the early stages to give that information away to Tyson and them? Did you have a strong relationship with some of the guys that you know Tyson, Karan, and Anesu that landed in that tribe, and was it sort of to try and keep your numbers strong? Because in the very same vote, you you kind of went against the original Vuna as well. Yeah, because I uh, was friends with everyone, it, it didn't matter what kind of bond I had with any of the three. My first instinct when it was tribe swap and I saw they were in the minority, the, the original Vunas were in the minority, I knew I had to get that clue to them. I didn't even think twice about it and I don't regret doing it at all. I um, I really am happy about that. It was mainly for me a numbers thing so that at least they don't start picking them off and come come merge, uh, we are outnumbered. But the opposite happened on our side and we started <laughs> getting rid of this Vunas there. So. Yes, you started cannibalizing them a little bit, but you also um, formed a bit of a relationship at that time with Amy, which, um, you know, after getting to the merge, it looked like Amy expected you to go and work with her again, but you decided not to go back and work with Amy and Renir um, when Anesu and Chappies wanted to make that move. What was the reason for that? And 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 because it sounded like having spoken to Anesu that you were the person who pulled back last minute from going over and working with them. What was your reasoning behind that? in the game yeah uh, i was the one that pulled back because i realized i i really didn't have a relationship with renir and i realized he had a better relationship with anesu and chappies and with with nicole and anela so numbers wise and even with kiran so numbers wise i would have been at the bottom and i realized i i don't have a relationship with him but I'd rather work with the devil I know in, in Warda and Tyson because at least they, I know what I'm in for, where I would have automatically, I think, been on the bottom if I voted um, uh, voted for uh, Warda and Tyson. So, yeah, that was the, the d deciding factor. That was the, one of the hardest votes for me because Amy and I were very close. Uh, obviously, uh, you don't always see that, but I mean, I was... Uh, we were very, very close. So that was a very hard one to do. But I think it was the best decision. Another little factor in that is Renir. I never knew Renir knew the game so well because he always asked me to explain the game to him. And I want to play with players that know how to play. So mm. that, in, in his case, I, I kind of, I think that was a turn off for me. Um, and then lastly, um, yeah, I mean, if I knew Amy and Renier were so tight uh, and I knew Amy had Renier, then um, maybe it would have been different. But that was my motivation. And it's a good point because they did keep that secret alliance a secret from everyone. Plus, Renier did tell everybody that he didn't play the game. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Normal seasons that would have played in his favor, but in a season full of big fans and big game players that didn't play in his, his favor this season, which is quite interesting. Um, you also had the opportunity for Chappies to play 
the the tribal council pass on you and it sounded like you really wanted him to do that in the previous round what was chappie's uh, you know his ultimate decision or his reasoning for uh, not wanting to use it because i'm sure you guys had a conversation where he said this is why i probably am not going to play it on you um and and how close do you think you were to getting him to play that uh potential you know jury council or the the the, the pass on you so you can play your immunity idol in this spot here tonight well, I was actually kind of pushing for him to play it for Anela. I, I, I really, we, we both discussed it in detail and it was something that I thought needed to be done in terms of our long game. We needed to force uh, one of the three or force a vote on, on the three-headed snake in Tyson and Wada and Kiran. And if we didn't play it for him, they would have just voted him off. Uh, in hindsight, I do, now that I know that I, I couldn't have actually trusted Anela, wouldn't have done that. But at that point, I really thought we were closer than we actually were. So saving him, I really thought going forward in the game, we will be four against two. And and we came very close again in this this vote where, where I was voted off. It could have gone either way. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, you played two idols. One you didn't have to play, but you said your sister gave you the advice prior to going out there to play the idol if you feel like you need to. And, and I agree, it's always safer to not get voted out with an idol. And then the second time you actually did play it correctly um, when they try to vote you out, and you get your sister to come out there and visit you know, you while you're playing the game. How surreal was it to have your sister out there? And, and you know, I'm sure it's a moment that you guys will cherish for a long time from now. And is she also a big fan of the game? Because she sounds like she's pretty wise. She's a massive Survivor fan. I think she's probably watched more episodes than I have. And she's the fit one and the sporty one. No, she's a massive Survivor fan. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, that's a piece of advice she, she gave me the last time we spoke about playing an idol, not going wrong with one. It was really amazing. And for her, being such a big Survivor fan, to also see how we live, how uncomfortable the bed is, uh, it was something I will never forget. And I'm extremely grateful that, that she could share in that journey. And do you think that she'd ever be keen to come and play a blood versus water season with you if there was ever uh, something like that? Has she has she even um, applied for the show before? No. Um, last night she actually said no. She would never. She said, I'm not as cunning as my sister, so I would <laughs> not play by myself. But she's very keen to do a blood versus water. Personally, I love that version. Uh, a blood versus water, I think, is awesome. I love that concept. I, I love it with uh, returning players, especially when you get returning yes. players coming back. Um, I think it's always fascinating to see if a, a, a relative of a great survivor player can also be a good player when they're out there. No, I we must plant a little seed. Um, hopefully, Larue and Hande is watching because I would love to see that. I think it would be so epic. Especially if you if you think about the fact that Survivor South Africa has had so many gaps in between seasons. So some of the players that play some of the earlier seasons, they may not want to come back. And you may have a smaller pool of players that potentially want to come back now. You only need half returning players with half of you know relatives to go out there and play the game. I guess it is quite hard to find people that, you know, not every survivor of the player's relative will want to go out there and play the game as well. Probably after they hear the stories of, of what happens when you're out there and playing the game. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I think uh, anyone would just, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't ever want to miss out in playing again. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have a queue that as uh, 
down the road if they ever say come back for all stars from previous players I, I think if you've played once it's like a drug you just want to go back and just want to go and do it again i wouldn't want to go up against nicole's brother he looks like he's a giant i know you're <laughs> she's quite short but he yeah he is a very tall guy kieran must be thankful that he was so tall yeah, 100% getting that help in the episode to get the idol. Um, so I'm quite interested to know if everything went according to plan for you here in the game, you know, who who were the people you were planning on sitting with at the end of the game and what would your pitch have been to the jury to to win the game? Because obviously you had to betray quite a lot of people. Um, you know, it's the name of the game. You promise them certain things. You have to go against that. You've got to make plans and scheme, whatever's going to get you to the end. But what would if your pitch have been um, to sort of get people to vote for you at the end? Well, my plan, uh, really, because I trusted Kieran a lot, uh, was actually to go with Kieran and, and Chappies. Uh, in the beginning of the game, I decided I want to go to the final with weak players so that I can beat them. And as the game were going, was going on, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to play, I want to beat the best. So even though they're the two best players, um, or, or in my eyes, two of the best players, I would have gone up against them and I would use that part as a as a motivation that I didn't choose the easy road to sit next to people that I could easily beat. And then I always said this is I just did or used the cards that I was dealt. I was on the outs mostly. I wasn't really part of, of alliances. I was always kind of third wheel, uh, like I've mentioned in, in a lot of confessionals. So I had to work with what I had. And I personally think it's way harder to play that kind of a flip-flop game than being very comfortable in a tight alliance. It was very hard. I played my ass off. And and I think people would have noticed, uh, people have noticed that. I mean, some of the Ponderosa videos that's out there, they do discuss the fact that I've played the best game so far. Not the most honorable, not the prettiest, but I I did what I needed to do. No, 100%. Uh, I did see that in the Ponderosa video as well, that there were a lot of people that potentially would have voted for you if you actually made it all the way to the end. So it does make me wonder if the pitch should have been, I've betrayed too many people. You should, you could take me to the end because I've betrayed so many people. They're not going to vote for me in the end. Um, but it's hard to know when you're out there playing the game, how people perceive you because you're in the middle of the fishbowl opposed to sitting outside, seeing all the confessionals and what people are thinking of the game. And it's something that fans sometimes forget as they watch the show as well. Quite interested, you know, what was your proudest moment out there in the game? Something that you look back on and you're going to remember for years and years. I'm sure there's a lot of them out there, but it could be something that, you know, you did or something that happened on screen or off screen. Actually, it's the weirdest thing. The proudest moment was if Vuna, the original Vuna tribe, when we won um, tribal immunity, when Anesu and Kala built that puzzle. Because I'm not a sporty girl. So I'm not used to winning. I'm used to losing. I don't know how winning feels like. And that was the first time in my life I actually experienced the joy of, as a team, winning something. And that I will always cherish. It was such a special moment. And now I know why people play sports. and Because and, I'm a big rugby and a big cricket fan. But know that you're... That was really something that I will always remember. And obviously my sister, and I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff, but, but you know, that's the main main thing I'll remember. 
Have you ever been to New Zealand or Australia to watch some rugby games at all? I know it's not Survivor related, but have you ever? Because no, I've seen you've travelled a bit. So have you? Have you been to these parts of the world to watch some of the games? Uh, yes, I, I haven't watched any sports um, games. Uh, while I, I visited Sydney and Melbourne, so and I love Melbourne, and we went uh, to one of the Master Chef um, Reynolds restaurants in Sydney. So that was a highlight. Oh, nice. but, uh, unfortunately, no rugby and cricket. But I've seen Australia play South Africa this side many times back in the rugby, Shane Warne days. Rugby World Cup 2027, if Australia does get to host it, me and you will talk and we'll make sure, because I go around, I travel everywhere. Like I've been to um, England, I've been to Japan. I go every time I go to where the World Cup is, I've got a good group of mates that we just go and watch all the World Cup games. So oh, we'll, we'll talk. So <laughs> we'll talk. So you might as well make some networks. You might as well make networking friends out of the survival world, right? I should. I should. Yes, please. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, so I did want to ask you. You know, um, with with the game that you played out there, it was an amazing game. You know, and you know there wasn't many things that you can be critical of. But is there something that you look back at and you think to yourself, if I did this, maybe different, there would have been a different outcome, and you could have actually gotten past this round that you were voted out in. No, when I got into the game, I decided and I, I put it in the universe that if it's my time, it's my time. And there's so many variables in, in Survivor. There's so many little cogs that one thing influences the next and whatever. And really, there's nothing, nothing I regret because I had a good run. I had a good ride. And I don't live in the past in my real life and I don't live in the past in survivor world because i ended where i needed to end my journey and i if you change things then i mean that's a, a little a math problem that that you should ask kieran one day but for me there's no point um i i don't regret anything any any anything because the good times and the bad times make up one's life story so you can't have the one and not the other Hundred percent. Now you're still a part of the game. You're now part of the jury. What are the things that you're going to value as a jury member when you go out there to to make a vote? I think firstly, someone that you want as a representative of of the season, a person's game that you respected as a fan, a big fan of the the show. I want to uh, look at someone that really did the game that I love so much, justice. Uh, yeah, that's what I would look for. I don't think I will keep any grudges or use any of, of the betrayals uh, in, in deciding who I would vote for. And uh, are you going to stay in contact with certain people that you played the game with? Who, who do you decide, who do, who do you want to stay friends with afterwards or is there no hard feelings towards anyone really? I don't have any hard feelings towards anyone. Honestly, I would love, I mean, we grew so close together. It was like we went to war together. And we will have that bond, whether people want to stay friends with me or not. I am keen to to stay friends with everyone, but I mean, you will probably drift apart. So if there's one or two that stand out, I mean, the Amy's of the world, Chappies, Sean's, you know, Carla, these actually, I mean, I can actually just name all of them because they're just such incredible human beings. They're awesome people. 
Yeah, it's it really has come through the screen. This this I know we've mentioned it a few times, but I think Lerubuta and the production team they should really pat themselves on the back for casting a great group of people together for this season. Um, I do want to give you an opportunity now. I know you've got quite a lot going on. I was never going to go into explaining what a Quito Cook Sister is to anybody <laughs> over here on this side, but you've got the Quito Cook Sister um, you know webpage where you do your clothing line and everything like that. Um, one of the questions I have around that is, do you do international shipping? Do you have that open as well? Or is it local only at this stage? At this stage, unfortunately, it's only local. We we, we are exploring that that avenue. It's just a bit hard. I'm just scared something's not going to arrive on the other side of the world. But yeah, so currently, mm. we've got an online shop. We sell like band t-shirts. We sell, that's why I wore my tie-dye. Mm. Uh, we sell all these kinds of things. And yeah, I'm so passionate about clothes because clothes make you, um, like, I mean, it, it's good for your soul and, and it's good for the teenagers to have access to those kinds of things at affordable prices. So, no, that shop is my old little baby. Yeah, I noticed a, a very nice disturbed T-shirt there, and I'm a big disturbed fan. So I was like, you know, that looks like me. So that's why I asked you. It's personal reasons, and for anybody else that's listening to the podcast, you know, no, um, hopefully you it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love I love the stir. So great great taste um, and having that. And obviously, I saw ACDC as well. Which who doesn't love ACDC? So for anybody you know that is in South Africa that has actually listened to the podcast, if you haven't yet, I'm sure you have. But go and check out the Quite a Cook Sister um, shop uh, online shopping um, T-shirt place as well webpage and go have a look there uh, there's some really good variety as well so it's great to see that is there anything else that you're doing at the moment as well anything else that you'd like to plug or promote and make people aware of uh no a, a little nice thing that happened this week is crocs uh, approached us to also stock them um on our site and crocs are are big at the moment no you know what i just personally think um i would just enjoy um uh, uh, I would just enjoy uh, taking what Survivor has given me to give back. So I planted a little vegetable garden on our pavement so that people that walk by can get some, some vegetables that don't have. So I really want to use that. Um, just one little thing. What motivated me to also enter Survivor, and, and that was a big thing for me in the show, is I really wanted to experience what the majority of South Africans go through every day, being hungry, being cold, being in danger. And, I mean, this was just 39 days. That's their reality. That is their life. And just to get more empathy for, for what people are going through. So I, I have a few things in mind uh, that I want to use this experience for to to just help i just want to help and i know that renir had a very similar thing that he came up here and he said he wants to help uh, people that are hungry and can't eat and he's got some sort of a, a thing that he's going on with that as well and i gave him an open invitation to come back on the show at any time when he's ready to talk about that and i will give you the same open invitation when you're in that spot where you've got something in place and you want to come and bring awareness to it on the podcast you know i know it's a survivor reality tv podcast but still to create awareness for things that is a reality for a lot of people in south africa i think you know, I'm more than willing to have a conversation about that and give you that opportunity to talk about it. Not that you don't have that platform on your own, but no, I'm happy to talk about no. it as well. That really means so much to me. And, that, and just one last thing, it's also like bullying, people that underestimate mm. people. I mean, bullying in general on social media. 
And that's why on that show, everyone asked, but why did you not um, want to quit? What made you not want to quit? And one of the things was, I know I represent a certain person watching at home and I can't let them down because they need to know anything's possible. And, and I, I hoped I inspired them in that way. I think you did. And um, I also think that we as human beings, we tend to hear the negative louder than the positive. But I do think also, and sometimes negative people, they're louder than the positive people. And they're out on social media having a go at people because it's easy, you know. But I think personally, from my experience, the people that I've spoken to, the things that I've seen even online, you're very well liked as a player. I think you played a massive game, something that you should be extremely proud of. And um, we're going to be doing our off-season uh, fantasy cast of who we would like to see as All-Stars returning. And um, spoiler alert, like, you know, I think you're going to be pretty high up on both myself and Riley's list. We we really enjoyed seeing you play the game this season. And, you know, I would love to have you come back on the show at some point, uh, maybe recap another season with us, because it's always more fun to talk about seasons that you're not a part of um, or talk to you about any of these great causes that you're working on. And um, just remember to continue to take the, take the positive. It's similar to, uh, I think, with a lot of players out there, when they go out there, they Here's some of the negative, and sometimes they get that, um, and it really influences them, and it gets more to them than the positive. But I really believe that it, there's a lot more positives out there than than the negatives. And I, I mean, I can't see how anybody can be negative about your game. I think you should be extremely proud of the game you played. Thank you so much, Chris, and thanks so much for what you guys are doing for the Survivor community and and all the effort you put into this. I listened every week, and it's just great work. So well done. I, I appreciate it. We we sometimes get it right and we sometimes get it wrong. And with you and our preseason cast assessment, we got it wrong. We'll take it on the chin. But you were great throughout the season. And it has been a lot of fun to talk about this season as well. And um, I just want to thank you. I know you've got to jump and you've got a lot of other interviews to go. So thank you very much for coming on here. And um, we'll definitely stay in touch and we'll talk. Just one last thing. No hard feelings about picking me lost. I love proving people wrong. So no worries. <laughs> Thank you. I'll talk to you next time, Santini. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.